This episode of the Mayfair Theatre Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash Podcast. There's over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Podcast. Get a free audiobook on us today. everybody, welcome to episode 32 of the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Mel. And Josh. And hopefully I did get that right, episode 32. I'm not, I guess I'm keeping count, but... We can start getting it wrong like, like I did with the room for a few months, where I think we're okay now. We're at room 73 next month, but for a while I think we did like room 68 two months in a row or something like that. Yeah, and like... Now seventy three seems small. Yeah, like. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think we're good. See, that's why you don't put. Can we just start putting year like now in its fifth year? Like, how long have we been playing it? Four years, five years. What's I don't wow. know. Let's see, math: 12, 24, 36, 48, 60, 70, six years. So right now, six years right now. Wouldn't it be cool if we just put now in its sixth now year, six year held yeah. over for six years? <laughs> we don't got. We don't got to. Gotta gotta figure out the math. I remember when I was a kid. Um, oh, what was it? The gods must be crazy. And this was in the days of, of the Stone Ages when when movies actually stuck around for a long time. And I think in Ottawa it was like, if I remember correctly, it was like in its like hundredth and like hundredth and second week or something like that, because it just stuck around. It just played and played and played and played. And, you know, now a movie will make a billion dollars like Avengers and be gone in three weeks. Yeah. But, yeah. So Room, for better or for worse, The Room is not going away. It's still trucking. In fact, we're premiering Neighbors. Neighbors. Tommy Wiseau's uh, TV pilot. Which I've been too afraid to watch. I tried watching it. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, with emphasis on the word tried. Yeah. Um, it's, I guess it's his take on... It looks like a cross between The Office and Three's Company or something. It's uh, him trying to do that kind of sitcom. Yeah. He's wearing a blonde wig. He's wearing a blonde... No, no, he seems to be playing two different characters. There's okay. one where he's got oh. like a Letterman jacket on and, and, a, and a blonde wig, and then uh, another character where he's got short, dark hair. So this is like Does his... Does that mean he cut his hair? I guess so. Whoa. This must have been shot quite a while ago, though. Yeah. This isn't new. And this is like often, I remember back when I worked in the video stores or even now, they'll be like, you know, no, nobody likes everything, but you will notice that you won't see me giving a lot of bad reviews to movies we play at the Mayfair because I will just not talk but about But this isn't a movie, though. This no, is, this, this is, is a TV show. <laughs> but I, I don't think anybody involved in the Mayfair would get mad at us for bad-mouthing something that we're hoping people come and buy a ticket to <laughs> because if you're coming to see neighbors in front of the room well i'm sure the you know if you're a hardcore room fan yeah you'll want to see this you know what you're getting into and there's a there's a really surreal underwear ad in front of it weird he's trying to rip off like calvin klein or something oh, man. and it's this really weird uh, tommy Wiseau underwear ad at the beginning that with, i'm thinking with maybe like his actual underwear that we have yeah a and million pairs of yeah and he's trying to do a sexy kind of version of 
those Calvin Klein ads. Yeah. Awesome. So they'll be available after yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah. If you want to do our laundry for us. <laughs> there, there's there's a, a, a long review. I totally forget where. I was just looking for stuff to put on Twitter and Facebook. And it's a, it's a scathing review of Neighbors. And, but I'm like, you, you had to know what you were getting into, right? Like, it's not like you tuned in and, and, and thought this was going to be going to be The Office or, or Breaking Bad or Wet Hot American Summer or whatever, whatever genre. But it, it just looks like, like there, so there's six episodes. See, I thought it was just a pilot, but it's actually yeah. a bit of a run. Yeah, so I don't know. Though we just have the pilot. I we think. just have the pilot for this one. And the only, the only interesting thing about this is this could almost become like, the old serials. So <laughs> if this goes well, I'm theorizing that in October, maybe we'll play episode two and it'll almost be like, like the olden days when you would come and see like a Lone Ranger short before the feature. Yeah. So, so yeah. You so, are the only person on the planet earth comparing yeah. to Lone Ranger. <laughs> the Lone Ranger. <laughs> the Lone Ranger serials. They're very similar. But yeah, even, even the, 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 just the, the, the still photography from the set looks fascinating. So, so maybe somebody else will get another good book out of this. Whoever, whoever's his, Greg Sestero. Yeah, because Greg this. isn't involved in this. No, no. I he, don't think he, anybody He was is. like, yeah. look, I'm already in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that's something on the horizon. Uh, That'll be in September. In September, yeah. yeah. We have a ton of movies uh, coming up from August 28th it's a good week. to September yeah, to fit 3. Uh, including, yeah, so like Apocalypse, the, the final screening of Apocalypse Pow in the room couldn't even fit on the main page of the flyer <laughs> because we have six films because it ranges from like um, kind of a B-movie premiere, so that's just a couple nights. Actually, got yeah, two, and then another, a weird movie premiere, that's a couple nights, a kids matinee, and then three kind of more more mainstream features, but even none of them are super mainstream. But, uh, so Turbo Kid... Starts Friday, August 28th, and we have it for two screenings. I feel like everybody needs to come see this if they like the Power Rangers at all. Yeah, this looks like it's going to be... <laughs> it, it's like a purposefully made VHS kind of straight-to-video Power Rangers-style movie. Similar to what we've been showing at Apocalypse Power. Yeah, seems. yeah, kind of, kind of... But with kids as um, the main characters. Yeah. And it, and it just screened at Fantasia, amongst some other kind of cool genre festivals. And it's getting really good reviews. People seem to be really excited for it. Yeah. And um, it's actually the filmmakers. Uh, three of them. Three of them. We've screened a few of their shorts at our, our short film festival. Yeah, what is it? Astron 6 is the name of their company yeah, or something? Yeah. And, and um, oh, I'm going to forget now that I'm on the air, but R- RKSS or something <laughs> like that. Say. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, some, yeah. some R's and K's and some S's. Some R's and K's and S's. Yeah. If you look up Turbo Kid, you'll be able to cross reference it. But a couple, like, very impressive, like, no-budget short films where they really used their surroundings well and had fun with the actors and stuff, but, like, kind of sci-fi horror. And so this is kind of their, their first step up to uh, a feature. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that it's getting a lot of buzz. I forgot to add, I think those guys are coming on Friday. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. here on Friday night. Yeah, the, the three filmmakers, screenwriters, are going to be here on Friday night. And... Um, so that'd be an extra fun night because you can come see Turbo Kid, hang out with the filmmakers, and then if you're a member and you can just buy a membership card, stick around and watch the fourth week of Apocalypse Pal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll pretty... be a lot of fun. We can't tell you what it is, of course, yeah. but <laughs> I guarantee it, it'll be worth staying for. And uh, Michael Ironside is in Turbo Kid, which is awesome. He's As like the villain. I yeah. Think. He's like one of the coolest Canadian actors ever. 
and amongst other things was in uh, scanners. Scanners. And Total Recall. Total man and uh, uh, Highlander. Right, he's in Highlander. Maybe one of them. One of the Highlanders. And then, like, even kind of more mainstream stuff later on, like, he was on, like, ER and stuff like that. He like, did those Labatt Ice commercials. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think one of them might have been directed by David Cronenberg. And but he looks like a caveman. He's like, Labatt Ice, yeah. it's frozen. And when I was a kid, many a nerd thought he would have been a great Wolverine. Oh. Back in, like, the yeah. 80s, he would have been a good... And he's Canadian, so he, he would... Uh, but He's uh, been in so many movies. Oh, yeah. He could probably to... talk about his filmography for hours. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Turbo Kid, that's on Friday the 28th. Uh, also on Friday the 28th is Mr. Holmes with Sir Ian McKellen. Mm-hmm. And it's Magneto. Magneto. Ma- Magneto starring as Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. That's the only good thing he's done in his career, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing. The, the, the Sherlock Holmes character is one of those characters right up there with, with Dracula and Hamlet that just keep on making more movies. Mm-hmm. And, like, right now, you've, ha- you've got... Benedict Cumberbatch on BBC, and there's a new batch of those coming up soon. Yeah. I think there's another Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes coming. I'm mm-hmm. not positive on that, but there's that one. And then now Ian McKellen. And there's the American TV show. So, like, you have four incarnations of the character on TV and film at the exact same time. Uh, and I think the powers that be like this because they don't got to pay anybody because <laughs> it's all public domain. We, we, we could do a Sherlock Holmes movie if we wanted Let's to. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, uh, I think Ian McKellen's actually playing older in this. Yes, he's like old Sherlock Holmes. In his 90s? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. he's a geriatric. Um, and he gets the help of somebody. Somebody, <laughs> yeah. Is it Watson? No, Watson. Uh, Richard Watson's dead. Well... I sort of forget right now. I'm yeah. drawing a blank. Um, but it's uh, it's directed by Bill Condon, who won an Oscar. He's a filmmaker, director, but he won an Oscar for screenwriting for Chicago. And he's had a crazy diverse career, ranging from kind of acclaimed things like uh, Kinsey to mm-hmm. horror films like Candyman yeah. to Twilight. <laughs> so he's had like... And a, he did uh, Gods and Monsters. Gods and, and Monsters. And McKellen yeah. is the director of Frankenstein. So a real like kind of journeyman director because mm-hmm. I, you know, I bear no ill will for somebody to direct a Twilight movie because I'm sure the paycheck was very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, probably then he said, okay, I'll do Twilight, but then let me go make this Mr. Holmes movie afterwards. Um, and, he, and so he's reuniting with Ian McKellen in this one. And it looks like... Uh, Although it's it's strangely early in the year for Oscar talk because usually Oscar films come out like December twenty fifth, but this is one that I've heard a few people saying that Ian McKellen might be up there for Oscar consideration for this one um, again because I don't know when the last time he was nominated might have been Lord of the Rings might have been a little while mm-hmm. ago, uh, but yeah so that's one that we've been anticipating getting for a while and a lot of our patrons have been been. The, the nicety of saying, are you getting Mr. Holmes? Because we'll wait and see it with you. So And there's, there's a lot of showtimes. Yeah, a lot of showtimes. So you'll have a lot of chance to see it for the week. Um, including a 1.30 matinee on Monday the 31st. And Saturday. Is that Labor Day? Yeah. I When you don't work a, a real job, you don't, know. <laughs> you don't the holidays. I was sort of surprised that we had a 1.30 show. Yeah. It was like, oh, what's going on? The holidays yeah. just creep up on you. Yeah. I... Again, uh, through, through, through no genius planning of my own, but we're getting ma- married on 
Sunday the 30th. Gwen and I are getting married on Sunday the 30th. And people are like, oh, that's good because you do it on Sunday uh, and then people still have Monday off. And I was like, people have Monday off for what? <laughs> yeah, like it, it's, you totally forget all the holidays except for the big ones like, you know, Christmas. Yeah, when so, we're closed. So yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll have a, a 1.30 matinee of Mr. Holmes on Monday that you could come to or a more kind of, and Mr. Holmes is only PG, but it's kind of more for the adult crowd possibly. Uh, but then we have family matinees of the Lego brickumentary over this long yeah. weekend. And um, I'm sure this came on the heels of the Lego movie doing so well that somebody got the go-ahead to do a documentary about Lego. But even just, I watched a short documentary on Lego recently, and it's pretty fascinating stuff. Like, it, it's it's not only like the number one toy in the world, but it's like no, one of the number one things in the world. Yeah. Like, it's up there with, like, salt and coffee. <laughs> and... and uh, uh, so this is the, the history of, of Lego documentary. And like when I was a kid, Lego was Lego. Like that's one of my old man things. It's like when I was a kid, I had to use my imagination to make a car. And now Lego, and I don't know who gets the, the praise or blame for this, seems to be mostly pop culture related. It's all Batman, Harry Potter, Star Wars, yes Jurassic no. World. Um, there's also like police cars or like Coast Guards. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Um, sort of jobby yeah, type yeah. of things, you know? Um, but I totally know what you mean. I remember just the colored blocks. Yeah. And it sort of had, like, stuff that you could make a car with, but you didn't follow a model to make this car. You yeah. just sort of slapped stuff together and hoped that it worked. Well, I, I have just the figure, because I don't have the space and finances to delve into Lego because it's expensive, but I have, I have the figure of Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. And I'm like, when I was a kid, I would have just had to take a random spaceman figure, like the guy from Lego Movie, yeah. and gone, this is Star-Lord. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's all there. Or I remember when I was a kid making a very subpar AT-AT out of Lego uh, from, from Empire Strikes Back. And now that you just oh, have... Oh, yeah, because there's that weird gray piece. Yeah. <laughs> I know and, exactly what And, and, and so my, my AT-AT just kind of looked like maybe like a gray bridge, maybe, <laughs> with like a head on it. But now they have pieces with like you know, joints on them and little accordion pieces and all that stuff so you can make a at at Yeah. But, like, the, the, the Millennium... You can get a Millennium Falcon that's, like, mm -hmm. the size of a small car, <laughs> but it's, like, it's like for real, like, $300 or something like that. With, One million dollars. Yeah, with 50,000 pieces. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, yeah, it's cool. I, li I like documentaries like this because we so often play end-of-the-world documentaries. It's nice to play a nice, light... Yeah, I guess this covers, like, everything that Lego has ever used for, ever. Yeah. Somebody cool narrates it. Is that on here? Morgan Freeman? Probably Morgan Freeman. No. A <laughs> hundred people? Like, yeah. Like in oh, uh, Unity? God. Yeah. Uh, so that's another film. Um, Cartel Land. Is a premiere. More premiere. Wow. That's like, that's, like, three premieres this weekend? Mm -hmm. Cartel this Land looks, looks terrifying. Yep. It's all about the drug trade. And just the trailer makes me think they were all nuts for delving into this because it looks like guns were ablazing and they were running for their lives and yeah, meeting with scary people. Fight on both sides to stop drug cartels. Yeah. And it's a, kind of a festival darling film. It's played at a whole bunch of places, won a bunch of awards. And uh, yeah, it's one of those documentaries where, especially now, like nowadays I'm sure they used 
you know, digital cameras and, and kind of easier technology, sound, all that kind of stuff. Maybe more covert, like, in yeah. inconspicuous Well, they equipment. got those GoPro cameras and stuff. Yeah. Nowadays, you can practically shoot on a, a high-end cell phone, and it looks really good. Yeah. Uh, but it always makes me think of, of, and I can't think of a specific example, but, like, war documentaries or, or you know, cop doc documentaries or, or even, like, nature documentaries back in the day, back in the, the 80s, the 70s. And it's like, man, you guys were carrying around like 35 millimeter film, all these canisters, a, a, a camera, you know, that isn't easy to sling over your shoulder and getting all this stuff. So it, it, it's always the thing I kind of... Stuff that weighs about the same as a small horse. Oh, yeah. And then having to like, you know, change the film every so often. On the go. Whereas now you can just kind of press record and, and tape for a long time. Yeah. Makes editing a lot more difficult, I'm sure, but... But you can get away with doing these these war documentaries or these kind of crime documentaries and kind of being able to duck and cover a lot easier, I'm sure. But there's still nothing to prevent you from getting killed. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and yeah, like I said, I've only seen the trailer for it, but in the trailer, there are, you know, people shooting at each other. Apparently <laughs> it's sort of presented like a narrative feature. Right. With like, like it's not a Talking Heads documentary. No, you, you don't have Michael Moore front and center <laughs> talking about himself in the movie. Um, so that's another one. And then reality. Um, I'm so looking forward to reality. Uh, not, how, how do you pronounce the name? Quentin Duplex. Du du Dupuy. Dupuy, sorry. Is not Duplex. For, <laughs> Duplex. Quentin Duplex. <laughs> is not for everyone. No. Um, I fell madly in love with the movie Rubber. I like Rubber a lot yeah. too. And we had it here and and I laughed so much. What I like about it too is I, I love Mel and I were talking recently about, about audio commentaries and stuff. Yeah. I love audio commentaries. I love behind the scenes. But the the guys on the, the, the crew behind Rubber have kept it very secretive. So there is no behind the scene. There is no movie magic. Because there's some times in this movie where I'm like, okay, I think that's kind of like a quote-unquote puppet. Like, maybe they've got strings on it or whatever. I think this might be a CG tire. But it's so real. And because they've never kind of, like, shown that it's, you know, Frank Oz underneath the dirt with his hand up inside the tire, uh, it just adds this weird realism to this bizarre movie yeah. that is about a tire who gains sentience... <laughs> And then starts killing people. <laughs> and then there's, there's, it's set in the desert, and then there's a group of people watching the yeah. movie watching, out yeah. in the desert, sort of like a test focus Test screening, group. yeah. And there's a sheriff who um, breaks the fourth wall and talks to the audience and says, you know, this movie is about nothing, it's nonsense. Yeah, and it's the kind of movie that, in describing it to someone, if someone described it to me... It would piss me off, and I would be like, I was like, "Number one rule about rubber: just don't talk about rubber." Yeah, yeah. Like, because just show it to people. It sounds like some crazy art house student film. Yeah, but I love it. Loved sounds it. like why would I watch that? Yeah, and like, and just that, like, explaining to someone, like, "Oh no, the movie's going on," but the focus group are watching the movie <laughs> and critiquing the movie yeah. while it's happening, and then this tire, who you kind of become. Uh, uh, like attached empathic, to yeah. yeah like you become attached to this guy this <laughs> tire who's blowing people up <laughs> and 
the acting on the tire was great. And that's why I couldn't figure out, like, and, like, the behind the scenes, like, way back when on the first Muppet movie, they did a thing where the, the Muppets were on bikes. Yeah. And essentially yeah. it was this giant kind of crane thing they had going. So I was like, so is the, is, is, is the tire, like, a marionette in some scenes? Like, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then his follow-up film to that was called Wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was this weird, like, office David Lynchy drama, um, same inexplicable genre, and I love that one too. Yeah. But again, like anyone who says I hated it, you're just kind of like, oh yeah, okay, you know that's understandable. So this one is more of a um, like a film related. Well, I guess the first one was too, but a film related topic. Of he's um, a film. It's a, the main character is a film director who's made a horror film. Yeah. Like a David Cronenberg type horror film. Yeah. And. Um, He's trying to get financing for his film, and it's kind of like the path of that. And it's oh, who's in it? Uh, what's no, Napoleon Dynamite's in it? Yeah, and uh, Tim Heidecker, I think. Yeah. Or no, sorry, Eric Wareheim. And then I think between Rubber and Wrong, was it the sheriff character? There was some character that crossed over. I thought between the two. Maybe I've only seen Rubber and Wrong. He made a couple other movies. Yeah. He did Wrong Cops, and then yeah, I was. It might have been another film that I missed. But it's one of those, it's one of those, I always kind of joke, like, anytime somebody's complaining about, uh, oh, it's only sequels, oh, it's only comic book movies, oh, there's nothing original in Hollywood, I'm like, well, maybe not in quote-unquote Hollywood, yeah. but, but the guy who did a movie about a killer tire has a new movie coming out, and it's not based on anything, mm-hmm. you know, so you should come and see that. <laughs> and, uh, if you like, Don't um, dismiss the little guy. If you like surreal humor, like, if you like, like, um... Louise Bunuel, and if you like Tim yeah. and Eric, and yeah. um, like even, Frank Zappa. Even David Lynch, it reminded me a lot of yeah. like some David yeah. Lynch kind of stuff, just the way the characters act and the characters kind of have that surreal yet real world air to them kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, it, was, it was Lynchian for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I always get mad when people say, oh, there's oh, another sequel. I'm like, yeah, but that's one of 8,000 movies released this year. And if you just take a quick look around, you'll probably find something that's, you know, original and new and different, whether it's a documentary or a, or a feature or a film or a cartoon or whatever. But yeah. but yeah, so reality is... August 30th and... 31st? 31st. Yeah, two nights for that one. Uh, and also this week, Diary of a Teenage Girl, which, as we speak, I am on page 225 of the book. Oh. <laughs> Out of... Uh, like 310 or something. Okay, so you'll I'll, make it. So I'll totally finish in time. I, I got the book recently before we booked this huh. a couple days ago. And I thought, oh, I'll have a couple weeks to do, finish this. And then sometimes when you have a deadline like that, it just becomes like, not in a bad way, but it becomes like work. It's like, oh, got to get home and read the book, you know. Can't do dishes, got to read the book. That's why I didn't like uh, in school... Yeah. And they assigned you a book. Like, I, I liked it when teachers would give you all of your books at the beginning of the year, and you could read them at your leisure, but you knew which order that you'd have to read them in. Yeah. So that it wasn't, like, that crazy rush to, like, read stuff, because I like, I don't know, taking in the de- details, yeah. right? It anyway. is, especially if you're reading something, like, heavy, or if you're reading, like, War and Peace or some very heavy Anything Shakespeare thing. Anything descriptive. Yeah. And, historic, and or historical, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Um... But this one, uh, I thought it was a comic book, but it's, it's, it's a partial comic book. It's really interesting. It's, um, it came out about 15 years ago and just got re-released, um, this new book that I, I picked up. 
and it's 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 diary and then comic book whenever it goes to more linear like story parts and then there's also little drawings all throughout and it's one of those things where people never believe the author they're always like oh is this a true story and the author i've read a bit about it swears it's not a true story but when you're a writer whether you're writing like a zombie movie or a a a a girl themed diary story you're gonna have stuff in there that's real um but it's it's super real like it's one of those things you kind of feel uncomfortable reading it because it's a 15 year old kind of sex starved girl who's having a number of affairs and isn't pulling punches in the description of it and i don't know like what's this movie rated is it 18a (laughs) i'm like yeah this movie can't be like if it's anywhere close the book it's yeah it's got to be 18a um Mel pointed out in the poster, which I thought was very interesting, is that they've photoshopped out Kirsten Wiig's cigarette. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's, I hate that. <laughs> well, we were talking about smoking in movies the other day. Yeah. And, the, 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 and it's funny, because I, I hate smoking, but it's just something that keeps well, on catching my God forbid people know it exists. Yeah. But, it's but, just like, blatantly obvious because of the way that she's holding out her hand and her two fingers are out, you know? And it's like, yeah. well, a cigarette goes there. Yeah. What what do you do with it? Take, take a yeah. second photo. Have Kristen put out the cigarette yeah. and put and her hands in her lap, her or head. replace it with a vape. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know that I know the movie's set in the seventies, which put, is you know why she's you know more yeah. casual sm- smoking wasn't this yeah. god awful thing back. I mean, it is awful. Yeah. but like do do a product placement and put like a nineteen nineteen seventy six Coke six Coke can in her hand. Yeah, something, <laughs> do that. anything, or like an ice cream cone or something. Yeah. But it's it's fun. So the, the the poster by happenstance that I put up on Twitter is the the Brit poster, and she had and I and I, I texted Mel and I'm like, the Brit poster has the cigarette. Yeah. In it. Um, but it's got Kirsten Wig, and I am not a Saturday Night Live watcher, so I completely missed her on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. So I knew her first via Bridesmaids, and I'm a yeah. big fan of of Paul Feig and Judd Apatow. So I came to that movie being a fan of, of, of Freaks and Geeks and Knocked Up and, and um, Undeclared and all these things. So it was like love at first sight with her in that movie because I love um, female-driven drama or comedy. Like my favorite characters of all time are like Marion in Indiana Jones and Ripley in Aliens. And for, te- for television, I, I love Elaine on Seinfeld. Oh, man. And... Yeah. Um, so when I saw her on Bridesmaids, I'm like, oh, she's the real deal. And what she's done that's really interesting is that post-Bridesmaids, she's done, man, like maybe a half dozen tiny independent drama. Mm-hmm. And most of them really heavy drama. Yeah. Well, Skeleton Twins she did with Bill Hader. Yeah. And that's really good. So They're good. both excellent in that, and that's a pretty heavy drama. Yeah. And then I've, I've been on a roll, and, you know, we'll briefly talk about movies not at the Mayfair. <laughs> But she did one called Hate Ship, Love Ship, and very heavy drama. Um, and then we screened one. Um, what was the one we... Uh, Welcome to Me. Welcome to Me. Yep. Which is a dark comedy, Comedic. but it deals with some, you know, yeah. some heavy stuff. Like, she's mentally ill. And, and then now she's, in, she's the, the mother in Diary of a Teenage Girl. And, and it's, a, a, again, like a comedic moments, but drama. And I'm just very impressed with her that I'm sure she could have done Bridesmaids 2. I'm sure Universal was like, go do Bridesmaids 2. And she hasn't. And her next, and she's going to be, of course, in the new Ghostbusters film. Yeah. But between Bridesmaids and Ghostbusters, I think that's like a 
five or six year gap. And that she's just been doing, and then she did that bizarre TV movie with Will Ferrell, the, the soap opera kind of movie. Oh my God. So she's just doing weird stuff like that. And I really admire that, that, that she's, she's just having fun. Yeah. Building her resume, proving herself as an actor. Oh, and isn't she in the new Ridley Scott, um, Martian? I think she's in Martian. Is she? I think she, one of 50 people who's in Martian, I, when I saw the trailer, it's like, um, it's crazy ensemble cast with all these character actors. So she's like a female James Franco in that she's in everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except I don't know if she's doing like art house, uh, weird, weird art gallery shows or anything like that. She's not throwing painted canvas. But, uh, but yeah, so she's in Diary of a Teenage Girl. Um, and I think the movie itself, much like the book, I think has bits of animation kind of intercut mm. into it. And it's kind of a mix, mixed media and it, it won, what did it win? It won something at SXSW, I believe. And it was at Sundance. So it won and or was nominated at a bunch of uh, respected festivals. And um, yeah, I'm glad we got it so fast. Yeah. Just means I have to read faster to get through the book before. Because <laughs> it's, always, it's always different. Sometimes people, on occasion I've read the book after the movie. And it just kind of hinders a bit because your imagination's not as up, you know? Yeah. Like, like, I haven't read... I read one of, whatever, seven or eight Harry Potter books. But if I go back and read them now, I will picture Daniel Radcliffe. I, you can't help yeah. it, you know? So I wanted to get this out of the way. And even though I kind of know Kirsten Wiggs in it, I can... You can just focus on that. Uh, I did the same thing with... Um, uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. Yeah. And... You know, often there's so many times people say like, "Oh, you ruined the book." Oh, you ruined the book. But they 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 can both be good. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the times, I find I like reading the book first because I don't know. They often have to cut out a bunch for the oh, movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it sort of lets my my imagination run a little wilder when I watch the movie to have yeah. read the book because I can add all of these things that, that I know, this like background knowledge that I already am going yeah. in with. Um, well, and it's like, like Scott Pilgrim, despite having Edgar Wright attached to direct during the pre-production, I was like, how are they going to pull this off? Because they kept on saying, this is not going to be a cliffhanger. We're not going to try to do a trilogy. This is going to be a two-hour movie that is the comic book. And the comic book is like, is like six 100-page kind of Japanese manga-style books. So it's not like, so you're taking 600 or 700 pages and whittling it down to a two-hour screenplay, which on average would be like 120 pages. So I was ready to be the harshest critic, and it totally won me over. And they, they took out a ton of stuff, but they just managed to squeeze it in. And what people forget is that, you know, especially with adaptations, like a play is not a book, is not a movie. Mm -hmm. So you have to change some things. Yeah. And... And I, I, I never get the, you ruined the. I'm like, the movie can be horrible. The sequel can be horrible. And the thing you loved is still there. Like, yeah. it, I, 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 especially as a kid, I really loved the Transformers. And I did not like the first two Michael Bay movies. And I did not see three and four. But it didn't ruin anything. I, I still like Transformers. I just don't like those ones. It's, it's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. And so anytime someone gets all up in a huff about oh, you're ruining Ant-Man because Paul Rudd's in it. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. The comic books are still there. They're not taking those away from you. <laughs> They're not redrawing them all to look like Paul Rudd if you don't like Paul Rudd. Yeah. Every, every, everything's cool, everybody. 
Everybody calm down. Um, so I think that's all of our weekly stuff. Yeah. Um, but we have more cool stuff on the horizon. I know we've, um, we've got the Saturday morning cartoons coming up on September 5th, uh, which, holy cow, that's next weekend, or a week from this weekend. Yeah. I got to go buy a whole bunch of cereal. <laughs> yeah. Um, the good news is if anybody was in-house for the last cartoon show was that it was like a crazy, mad, mad, mad it was a really close world. really close call. Close call with, with Gwen Multiple picking parties. stuff up yeah. from the bus station and us panicking and us trying to have fallback cartoons just in case and miscommunication and it just, it was nuts. And like, we got the screening cartoons in hand at like like 10.54 and the screening was going to start at 11 or whatever it was or 9.54 oh, yeah. started at 10 so it was the fun worst, yeah. but it was stressful the worst part about that morning is I showed up you know early fresh faced yeah. smiling yeah. at like 8 when the lady unlocked the door and I was like do you have our cartoons and she was like yeah no they're nowhere yeah. but they were there she had them the whole time yeah the bus station had them I'm holding so them hostage angry. I'm still angry yeah but anyway. So, so the good news is as we speak, the cartoons are in the projection booth. So we don't have to panic about, about it. And we have them early enough, in fact, that probably our projections will be able to um, ingest them into the DCP robot. Yeah. Which means that it'll be a nice, smooth show and there won't be that little hiccup between, between the... the uh, no intermission, only commercials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, intermi- the, the intermission has been a fun ego boost because two shows ago, for some reason, there's always kind of... Two shows ago, there was rumor lingering about we were closing again. Oh, my God. And I don't know where this comes from, but it, it happened again recently where, like, three folks in a row were like, and you could tell they weren't, like, regulars, but they were like, oh, uh, so is this place closing? And I was like, no, it's not closing. <laughs> and you try to be nice and, 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 you know, not snap at them, but I'm like, we have films booked into December, or actually more now because we have the... Um, Who's the, 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 the film, the film, film? Film Society. We have them booked until next summer. We have weddings booked for a long time, you know. But I did a, a quick... We have weddings booked till at least February. Yeah. And so on one of the intermissions, I just did a quick, like, thanks for coming, everybody. And it's just, it's, it is a, a total greedy ego boost because <laughs> you have 300 people clapping and cheering and saying, yay, Mayfair, you know. Yeah. So that is fun, but... Um, but it'll be a, a much less stressful uh, cartoon party coming up. Um, and we'll go to, go to I th- my friend said at Costco they have a big box with three bags of cereal. And one is Lucky Charms, which we can get in Canada. One was something else that we get in Canada, like Fruit Loops. But one was Cookie Crisp. What? Yeah. And Cookie Crisp we can't get in Canada usually. So I'm going to investigate that. Because Cookie Crisp, if, I don't think McDonald's makes them anymore. I've been like a vegan for five years, so I haven't been there. But just the little chocolate chip cookies, I don't think they make them uh, anymore. Yeah, they do. Oh, do they do? Yeah. So Cookie Crisp is essentially that. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what it is. And I think somebody at the Canadian border went, uh, no, we can't bring those in here. <laughs> we can't eat those. Send them to Costco. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I keep on meaning to when have somebody, who, somebody who's going on like a road trip to like smuggle back a whole bunch of American cereal. Man. Because my favorite is... Cocoa Pebbles with, like, the Flintstones guys on it. But you can't get those here. No. And then... You used to be able to. You used to be able to, yeah. yeah. I remember eating those. Or all the monstery cereals, like uh, uh, Booberry and... Um, 
Count Chocula? You can get Count Chocula, I think, but you can't get the other ones. Welcome to the weekly installment of <laughs> Cereal Talk. Cereal Talk. One hour on cereal stuff in Ottawa. Um, and then I know we're also trying to book um, nothing we could talk about yet, probably, but just Halloween is on the horizon. And I've had yeah. people start to ask me about Halloween stuff. And we're I'm firming like, firming up our Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah, showtimes. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, I'm sure we'll have some announcements soon. There's a couple of newer horror films that are kind of circling that we might be able to get. And then I'd love to get, in the last few years we've screened, to, to great success, we've screened The Shining, uh, Exorcist, Exorcist, and Texas Chainsaw. I think that's been kind of like a mainstay the last little while. And it's always tough because there's only so many, you know, so many showtimes in a day and so many days in October. Yeah. And we do just kind of screen horror stuff whenever, because like in, in recent memory, we've had Babadook or It Follows or even uh, comedic stuff like what we do in the shadows. But man, I, I would love to show something old, but it's always that, that rough call where, you know, it seems like a great idea on paper and everyone gets really excited about it, but then maybe nobody comes. And I would love to show some, if available too. Like, I don't know what's yeah. available. Yeah. I'd love to show something with like, you know, Vincent Price or Christopher Lee, but that stuff's not as readily available as booking The Shining or, or uh, Friday 13th or something like that. Um, not in a way that looks good anyway. Yeah. But we did really well with, it's not in October. I think in November, there's another Friday the 13th. And I think... We will be... That did go over well. Yeah, and I think we will be convinced to show... I, I, I'd rather show something else, like show Friday 13th part 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I just, Not 5. <laughs> 5 is horrible. I want to show... Can we show... Uh, um, I really like Freddy versus Jason. And I don't know if I'm crazy. I don't know if I was just, like, hepped up on Nerd Joy the first time I saw it. But I really enjoyed Freddy versus well, Jason. It's pretty well made, actually. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's kind of good because it's, it's self-contained. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the other ones, I mean, they're numerical, so it's kind of... You're kind of coming in, not that the story really matters, but you're kind of hopping in halfway through. And Wes Craven's New Nightmare is really good. Oh, that's good, yeah. Oh, I'd love to show that too. But, like, I mean, there, there's... Every single horror fan has 50 movies they would love to see here, whether it be a John Carpenter thing or a Christopher Lee thing or, or, or a Nightmare on Elm Street thing. And we all love those too, but we can't show three shows a day, 31 days in a row. No. If we were Quentin Tarantino, we oh could get God. away with that, probably. Could you imagine? I think that'd be a lot of fun, but... I bet you... We'd uh, be here alone. His... <laughs> like, I don't know. He probably doesn't have his schedule out yet for um, the New Beverly in, in, uh, in, in Hollywood. But if you ever want to be jealous about... If you're a movie geek and you want to be jealous about a movie theater, look at that. But then just take into consideration... It is, they can do that there. Is, we can't do that here. Yeah, it is owned by millionaire Oscar winner Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And I know for a fueled by his own dollars. Yeah, and I know for a fact they're not packed every night because every once in a while the 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 person from the box office will Twitter or Facebook or something and be like, "Oh, what a shame! No one showed up tonight for fill in the blank." But his stuff, it's double, it's all double bills, it's all thirty-five millimeter, and it'll be like two obscure westerns double bill or two obscure kids movie double bill. Fistful of dollars in Yo Jimbo. Yeah. And, and so, you know, look at that and be jealous, but, you know, if we had 325 people come every night and we were, you know, bought out by Coca-Cola, if we were the Coca-Cola Mayfair <laughs> Theater, 
then we can maybe get away with doing stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, you look at that schedule and it's nuts. But I just, I guess there's a lot more film prints rolling around Hollywood. I, well, doesn't he have a bit of his own private collection? Yeah, he has a huge private collection. So does he? He just have like and, a and warehouse, like filled with thirty-five. Like, I imagine. Like you know, having a, having a, a, a DVD collection or a salt and pepper collection is a, <laughs> is a bit more put on a shelfable than having a thirty-five millimeter film collection. Like you have you have five of those, and they're hard to kind of store in a garage. Man, yeah, I wonder how many we have here. <laughs> Yeah, we have here, but we have, you know, a theater. <laughs> and, and we don't even have that many in the grand scheme of things. You know, we have a lot. But you think of, like, if Quentin has enough to keep on rolling out double bills at the theater yeah. every month, like... Well, I'm sure he also has connections, you know? Yeah. He just, like, Lee knows a few people. Who... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, every once in a while when we do, it's, like, it's borrowed from a friend from, like, Fantasia Film Festival or something yeah. like that. Uh, it's funny, my, a friend of mine was visiting uh, from Hong Kong. And unfortunately, he, he was just kind of passing through, but he and his family wanted to come and check out the Mayfair. So I gave him the grand tour, and, and his wife thought it was so cool to look at the projection booth, and the kids had a thousand questions. But we said, that's the big thing, is like, now, if we want to show Godzilla, and it's on DCP, we can show it. Yeah. Back in the, in the, in the day, in the recent day, if somebody in Hong Kong said, oh, I have an a, a original Godzilla print with English subtitles, we're like, okay, but we have to pay him. $2 million in shipping. Yeah, pay the distributor, pay to ship it here, pay to ship it back. And, you know, I, I always get shocked how much it costs to, you know, it costs like $10 to send somebody a comic book. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what a film print costs now to send. So so that's the, the, the blessing and the curse of film is it's awesome, but expensive <laughs> yeah i think most of the time you would have to wait until there was a print in canada you know what yeah. i mean if there's no print in canada then forget about it the shipping would be too much and that's the whole new world now is is that it used to be it would be especially if a movie maybe didn't do as well it would almost be better for us because i remember a couple times doing really well actually the the aforementioned scott pilgrim we did we showed scott pilgrim for two nights and like packed the place two nights in a row mm-hmm. And it was, like, packed, packed. And I think it's because Scott Pilgrim tanked, and they, they thought it was going to be a big, like, hit movie. And so then the multiplexes said, oh, we had it on two screens. We're going to take it down to one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Universal, I believe, was able to say, oh, you guys want it? And we got it really fast. Mm-hmm. But now there's none of that kind of picking things up, sharing things around thing because it's, it's digital. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, despite any qualms that, that film... Film nerds like ourselves have, it's a lot easier to get a hold of, you know, a copy of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein <laughs> and stuff like that. For sure, yeah. Um, and my friend's wife was asking if it was going to go, like, downloading, essentially. And I was like, I'm sure it is. I, I think that is a thing in some places already. Yeah. I feel like Marcus was telling me that at one point in time. Yeah. Or at least that that's the future for sure. Like they're just connected to your projector. Yeah. And they put on your projector what they want you to play. And I think that would be... It that sounds scary. Right? It's <laughs> but Orwellian. It, it would, yeah. yeah. But, and it would just be like instead of us getting, getting the DCP oh, of, and ingesting, well, it just is, goes right in. One of the things about digital, though, is that, you know, it was supposed to get rid of these quote-unquote print fees. Right, yeah. uh, Which we're still paying. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so maybe if it got to the point where they're putting the stuff on your projector. Yeah. 
but you know they can't really justify that cost anymore. Oh yeah, like I'm sure, man. Like being, you know, there's always going to be trucking and shipping for for food and goods and clothes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it must have taken a hit in the past couple of years, if only because of of every single movie theater in the world is almost digital. So you're getting a little plastic pelican case with the DCP uh, uh, Ghostbuster box in it to put into the machine. Whereas That's before, a significant different in yeah. pa- difference in pounds. And how many people now are... It's happening of like their comic books, their magazines, their newspapers, their books, they're going digitally. So that's a lot less space on trucks. So I'm sure that's, that's you know, a big difference in, in, in the economy of, of, of the day-to-day film back and forth. Yeah. Well, even um, my friend is a bike messenger and yeah. they have a significant smaller, like, smaller load because... At this point in time, it's mostly just like government offices sending things between yeah. Ottawa and Gatineau kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so because it must have been like years ago when it was like faxes, they must have been like, oh no, and send then the bike courier, and then yeah. and then email, oh no, and then now like that, you know, almost everyone has a cell phone or scanner readily available. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's email mostly that yeah. like killed things, but um, but yeah. I don't know how anybody did anything before email because, like, uh, like for us, like, we'll, we will get, like, on an average Monday, we'll find out what movies you're playing. Yeah. And then that's by email. There's about 15 emails that yeah. we then send. And then you'll, like, whip up a calendar, send it to me, we'll put it online, et cetera, et cetera. Email, email, email. Newsletter. Yeah. Which is all emailed. Yeah, yeah. Uh... And, and, send the uh, flyer to Allegra as well. Yeah. Send out the staff schedule. Send out the payroll email. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how people did things before. It would all be, we'd be phoning each other. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And using bike couriers. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Are we about wrapped up, I think? I think so. Cool. Good timing. Okay. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with another truckload of movies for you to come <laughs> yeah. and see at the Mayfair. Yeah. All right, see you later. Okay, bye. Bye, everybody. Get more out of life. Go out to a movie.